0: The only talk radio afternoon drive show that makes sense. Beyond the Headline with Aldrin Simpia, right here on SAFM. It is 19 minutes now before 4 o'clock. We're in conversation next with Arsene Odrofsky, who is an Israeli-based human rights attorney and CEO of of the International Legal Forum actually joining us from The Hague this afternoon. So Israel has rejected accusations brought by South Africa at the ICJ court, arguing that South Africa has failed to demonstrate the prima facie case and also maintaining that Israel has the right to defend itself from Hamas's attack. Yesterday South Africa asked judges or at the International Court of Justice to intervene and stop the ongoing war in Gaza. Arsen is now joining us on the line. Arsen, good afternoon. Thank you so much for making time for us.
1: My pleasure. Thank
0: you for having me. Um, looking at the presentation by the Israeli legal team, do you think a case has been made out to refute the claims, at least um, that uh, that South Africa has jurisdiction? Also, looking at what Professor Shaw had said, as far as he is concerned, hmm. there is no dispute. He calls it a unispute.
1: Correct. I mean, look, what what I think we saw today, um, uh, led by uh, Professor Shore and the Israeli legal team, was essentially, came down to a lesson in international law. It was a meticulous evisceration, quite frankly, of South Africa's uh, case against Israel in the court. Um, You know, what we saw yesterday, and it was only underscored uh, by today's uh, proceedings, was that Yesterday, we saw nothing but a an obscene and shameful, quite frankly, distortion of truth and a perversion of the very meaning of justice where essentially and regrettably South Africa stood up to speak on behalf of the very same um, butchers, murderers and rapists uh, of Hamas that committed the very atrocities of October 7th. And I think Israel's response um, today uh, underscored not only that is there no plausible case, um, but the fact that Israel acted entirely within the realm of international law, consistent with international law, um, they went to extraordinary efforts in mitigating and avoiding civilian harm, and that there was ultimately no genocidal intent whatsoever. Uh,
0: so so this is something that has been brought up even by the Israeli government, saying that um, South Africa is essentially arguing on behalf of, uh, of, of Hamas. But what is that actually based on? Because South Africa is saying that we are doing this to prevent a genocide and also we are trying to save the lives of Palestinians, but not necessarily saying that we are defending Hamas and Hamas's actions. In and any and way, anyway, they're even condemning Hamas's actions on the 7th of October.
1: Um look, I'm not sure the extent to which they condemned Hamas' actions, and looking both at the eighty four page submission of South Africa and the uh, um oral submissions yesterday, there was hardly any reference to Hamas, hardly any at all. Um we know also that South African government has openly embraced uh, Hamas leaders in welcoming them in uh, um in South Africa whilst visiting the Iranian leadership in Tehran, which uh, remains the primary sponsor of Iran um, so you know the other point I think needs to be made and was made uh, during the proceedings as well is that if anyone to be honest ought to be in the dock uh, here so to speak that it ought to be South Africa which quite frankly has failed to live up to its own obligations under the uh, very Geneva Conventions that it seeks to, uh, um, seeks to uh, try Israel under by embracing Hamas which is the party that is uh, guilty of genocide here the party that is um very open about their genocidal intentions one only needs to look at their charter for example which calls for the annihilation of israel look at what their leaders have said in the last uh, several weeks when they said that we will do this over and over again until such time as israel is annihilated so instead of holding hamas accountable instead of holding the very perpetrators of um you know, the the heinous actions that we saw on October 7th from uh, uh, mass slaughter to rape to um, mutilation and burning of entire families. Instead, they decided to defend those actions and uh, perversely uh, uh, seek to put Israel on trial here, uh, which did nothing but defend itself from these atrocities and did so and has done so continuously in a manner that is uh, complicable with its obligations under international law while trying to minimize civilian harm. Um, You know, the other point, and I think it is relevant to to note that was made in Israel's uh, submissions today. And something, again, that South Africa did overlook both in their oral submissions and the written submissions is that whereas Israel has gone to extraordinary efforts to minimize civilian casualties uh, by providing warnings, by um, applying principles of distinction and uh, proportionality, um, giving um, warnings, providing safe passage, Whereas it is Hamas that has been using its own civilians as human shields, they showed, in fact, uh, during some uh, preliminary evidence uh, today, um, they showed how Hamas is firing rockets from schools, um, how they are using hospitals as uh, weapon storage depots, schools, UNRWA schools, for that matter, and, and kindergartens. Now, you know, this is entirely irrelevant uh, to the proceedings in hand, and something that South Africa um neglected and did so intentionally
0: yeah well South Africa's papers a uh, paragraph one of those papers state the following I just quickly want to read there South Africa unequivocally condemns all violations of international law by all parties including the direct targeting of Israeli civilians and other nationals and hostage taking by Hamas and other Palestinian armed groups so South Africa did actually condemn Hamas and ha- Hamas's Hamas's actions Professor then yesterday also arguing that considering um this particular particular court and the jurisdiction of this court and the matters that can be brought before the court. You can't bring Hamas before this court because Hamas is not a state itself.
1: Look, there's a, there's a lot to um, to unpack there. And I think also it's important to note that nor should Israel have been brought into uh, these proceedings. Um, as uh, Professor Shaw, I believe, explained um, that there was no uh, dispute between the parties. Uh, the fact that um, the you know the, the communications that were held between uh, supposedly between South Africa's government and Israel, the fact that Israel tried to reach out and speak to the South African counterparts, but that was uh, rebuffed. Um, so that you know there needs to be also under the. Uh, and these, um, under the Genocide Convention, there must be also a dispute between the parties. And that was clear that there was no dispute between South Africa and Israel, and quite frankly, um, if South Africa were to live up to its obligations under this uh, Convention, they ought to have uh, initiated proceedings against Hamas to hold Hamas responsible or the Palestinian Authority for that matter, which also has uh, legal jurisdiction, one can say, over the, over the territory in Gaza. Um, so I, I think you know it's, it's important to know that not only was there no jurisdiction made with respect to South Africa's uh, purported dispute against Israel, but once the matter has come before the court, as it has, I think it's uh, abundantly evident um, that there is no intent um, on the part of Israel to have committed genocide, and you know, in order, the, in order to prove the crime of genocide, which is the crime of crime of crimes, so to speak, one of the most serious charges that can be leveled in international law, one must prove intent. And whatever um, you know, um, whatever views one might take of Israeli uh, IDF actions, um, the Israeli leadership, from Prime Minister Netanyahu to the Defense Minister, the IDF Chief of Staff, have been very explicitly so that the primary goal is the elimination of the Hamas terror group. Now, it's also noteworthy, as was shown in these submissions, that the South African government in their submission very much cherry-picked a number of quotes from different Israeli politicians, but notably, none of these politicians who are quoted have any power or influence whatsoever over the decision making process or the setting off the objectives, either uh, policy wise or military combat objectives with respect to the campaign in Gaza. Um, I think that also is relevant and that was made uh, abundantly clear in these proceedings as well.
0: Um, The defense minister, Jov Galland, was quoted, um, and this is what he said uh, on October the 9th, um, Israel is imposing complete siege on Gaza. No electricity, no food, no water, no fuel. Everything is closed. We are fighting human animals and we are acting accordingly. And South Africa is arguing... Um, that on that basis also there was violation of international law and the Minister of Energy also Israel Katz had said that all civilian population in Gaza is ordered to leave immediately. We will win. They will not receive a drop of water and a single water, a single battery until they leave, um, until they leave the world. But I just quickly want to play um, this clip um, from Dr. Omri Sender who was representing, of course, the Israeli legal team as well, on the argument around risk of irreparable prejudice and urgency and I'd like to hear your response to that. Let's just quickly play that. First, the scope and intensity of the hostilities has been decreasing. Israel's defense minister said last week that Israeli forces would be shifting from the intense maneuvering phase of the war toward, and I quote, different types of special operations. This statement, made in an interview to international media, is found at tab 16A of the volume submitted. This week, on 8 January, the spokesperson for the Israeli military confirmed that the Israeli campaign had already started a transition to fewer ground troops and fewer airstrikes. The war shifted a stage, he said. Well, on that basis, Arsene, do you think that what one can read into that as well is looking at the intensity of the conflict after the 7th of October um, and also the remarks that have been made by even Israel's own allies, including the UK, as well as the Biden administration, um, saying that Israel should do more to protect civilians, um, that there is an admission at least from Israel as well, that there has been a failure?
1: Well, to address your last point, uh, no, I don't believe there's been any admission on behalf of Israel that there has been. A failure. Um, in terms of practically speaking, um, I believe that Israel has militarily achieved the objectives it has uh, during this part of the, or during this phase of the campaign in thwarting um, Hamas's um, military capabilities and shifting to, uh, to a different kind of um, operation uh, based on the military needs. Um, you know, you, you mentioned also some of the, you mentioned the reference to the UK and the, the American governments, uh, both of which, uh, again, in as a matter of fact, in the last few days, have both reiterated mm-hmm. that these uh, proceedings brought by South Africa in the Court of Justice are meritless um, and without legal basis. As has um, importantly Austria as well. Just the other day, with the Austrian Chancellor. Um, so um, you know, when it when it comes to democracies um, that are um, that have spoken out, um, they have clearly. Um, stated that yes, Israel has a right to defend itself, and yes, Israel must abide by international law, which it must. And as it is uh, discharging that duty, yep. um, I think we need to um, keep 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 that in, keep that in mind. At the end of the day, Israel. Um, like any server nation, is entitled to take the necessary action in order to defend its citizens from the wanton massacre and barbarism that we saw on October 7th, but it has done so in a manner that is compliant with its obligations under international law, bearing in mind that the enemy that Israel faces is a ruthless, bloodthirsty, terrorist group of Hamas.
0: Okay, thank you so much for your time. That is Arsen Otrofsky, who is an Israeli-based human rights attorney and CEO of the International Legal Forum.